What's up, everyone? Welcome to 5 Plus 1, a small business podcast. On this podcast, Tom Shabbat will interview a small business owner or someone that works with small business. Now, let's do this. Hey, hello. This week, our guest is Andrew Altschuler. He works with GRP Funding as a National Account Manager. Andrew, how are you doing? Doing great, Tom. How are you today, bud? Good, good, good. You ready to do this? I'm ready to do this, man. You and I back together. Yeah, I worked with Andrew in New York for about six years. You're still in New York, right? Yes, sir. Manhattan. How's it doing right now with everything going on? Anybody on the streets? You know, yeah, there's people on the streets. It's starting to crawl back a little bit. It feels like a summer weekend every day. You know, the streets are light, not much activity, but... New York, it's New York City, man. It's Manhattan. We always come back. Right there. All right. So you work with a lot of small businesses and have for a long time. Um, explain the Merchant Cash Advance. What exactly is that? Okay. All right. And I know you, you know that well, working with me for all those years. Basically, what the Merchant Cash Advance is, it's, it's, a, it's a factoring product. We're buying a business's future receivables at a discount. So the simplest way to explain that is we'll walk into a pizza place and say, okay, I will give you $80,000 today and I'm going to take back $100,000 of your future receivables. So we wire the pizza place $80,000 and over the course of a year, we take a little bit out of either their credit card processing each night or a little bit out of their bank account each night until we get our $100,000 back. You know, but it only comes out a little bit every every day until they pay us back their obligation. But in the meantime, they have the advantage of having that eighty thousand dollars in their bank account for the entire year. Right? They have it. They could do renovations, uh, restoration, get it to another location. And especially now, with all that's going in the in the new normal, you know, the PPP money is going to be great for a lot of businesses to to you know protect their payroll. But they're going to need money to. You know, we outfit the, the inside to be compliant with COVID, to get inventory, to set up outside. You know, a lot of small businesses are going to need money, and that's really what the, the, uh, the these loans are designed for. Yeah, and I noticed you mentioned the uh, as like a pizza place or a restaurant. Um, those traditionally aren't getting money from banks. I mean, now what's going on? You can get loans to the government, but in normal situations, these kind of businesses do not get approved for loans with traditional banks, correct? Right. Yeah, and, and, and you know that better than anybody. Traditionally, a business, if they're in, in business less than two years, if their FICO score is less than 640, and they don't um, meet a certain criterion of an SIC code, they're not getting a loan. Right. So how many big pizza places are there that are uh, the owner has less than 640 credit, they've been in business only for a year and a half, and, uh, you know, banks don't like restaurants. So that type of business, there's so many of them out there, so many of them suffering now that banks don't want to touch. And that's why, you know, the Merchant Cash Advance or what we call a, um, a revenue loan, an ACH loan, you know, the products that, that we work with here at GRP are ideal for those guys. So you're spot on top. The banks don't want to touch these businesses for those variety of reasons, but all day long, that, that's who we provide money to. Right, right. It's great service. A lot of businesses need it. You can't get it anywhere else. Um, you've been doing this for a long time. How has it changed or evolved during the years you've been wor- working in this industry? 
Okay, that's a good question. One of the main uh, changes that I've seen, you know, I've been around. I've been in the business since 2002, 2003. Unfortunately or unfortunately, I've weathered the storm of the um, you know, 2008, the, uh, the bank crash. I've seen okay. that. that I've, seen the cycle. I've seen the cycle. Yeah, I mean, you, were, you were around for that. Right? We saw the cycle go down and go back up because at the end of the day, the principle that remains is small businesses need money. Right? So they're going to need it in one way, shape, or form. So it's just a matter of being smart and, and having it out there and making sure that you're working with the small business to make sure that the money they're getting is appropriate, what they're going to do with the money, how are they going to pay back, what timeline, um, you know, how much is maybe the cost of the money, that, that, that's very important. So that's one thing that's always being evaluated and taken take a look at. The other thing that, that's changed, and, and Tom, I don't know if, if you were aware of this when you were with us, but in the past, it had been just on the merchant services. So I had given the pizza place as an example. It basically factored just their, their credit card processing. We didn't factor in all of their gross sales. Now the industry has changed tremendously, and it's basically whatever they're doing a month in gross sales or annually divided by 12, that's how much we can get them as a, as a loan. So it just doesn't have to be credit card processing. It can be whatever their entire uh, businesses doing each one. So you may have a business, maybe a, you know, a trucking guy or a shipping guy or an importing guy who doesn't take credit cards, but he does $100,000 a month in gross sales overall, paid with cash, checks, what have you, and we'll still give him $100,000. So really the biggest change is it had evolved from just purchase services to now any sales at all. That's basically, you know, the, uh, the, um, the watermark on how much we can give them. So that's the biggest change. And, you know, it, it, it's really expanded the industry tremendously. Okay, so that must have opened up a huge amount of doors now that you're not only working with, you know, brick and mortar storefronts, you know, a huge amount more businesses that you can work with. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. If you just think from a logical perspective of how many businesses in the U.S. take credit cards, versus how many businesses in the U.S. there are in total. There are many, many businesses that don't take credit cards. So now the way the product works is it's designed specifically just to go off of their, their gross sales, which is basically whatever is deposited in the bank account each month is, is, is available uh, you know, gross sales that we can capture and use for the loan. So it's expanded tremendously and there's, there's been a major, major expansion in the industry in say, you know, the last eight or 10 years that 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 pivot yeah it's very cool and that's probably makes customers very happy which goes into our next question the customer service question uh you work for a smaller boutique firms most of the time in your career um do you see a higher level of customer service to them or does it make much difference what kind of firm you're dealing with i think that's a good question tom and i you know i, I consider them white glove um, boutique types of, of companies were not the big behemoths I, you know, I started a company called the Mara Merchant Capify. Um, sold the U.S. business with Capify, and it, uh, now Capify is in the U.K. and Australia. And I've been working with GRP. I've known them for many, many years. They're just a great organization. And um, you know, now with these guys, with Capify, Mara Merchant, and, and GRP, it's very much a white glove boutique kind of place, like you said. And what's cool about that is, I think the best part about that is the sale up front. Right. When, when somebody comes in for a loan and somebody's got a pizza place and they want $100,000, you know, when you talk about some of these, these larger public companies, be it your Omdex or 
lending club or, or whomever, they want everything to be automated. They don't have any personal touch to it. You can't talk to anybody. Uh, Square Capital, like that to me is not the way this product was sold. This product was sold, you have to speak to somebody, you have to you know, get, ask questions, you have to get advice. So I, I think that's the key, especially up front, at, at the outset of the relationship. You, know, you, want, to, you want to help them out make sure they understand exactly how they're going to use this money so they don't put themselves in any financial peril. So, yeah, customer service is key, and you always want to make sure you have good working dialogue with, with your customers. And everything can't be automated. You know, it, it, just, it just cannot be. And that's, you know, that's the point that will stand true. It won't change. Yeah, certain aspects of it can be automated. You don't need to sign documents, fax them in, and uh, you know, things like that. Now you can upload or pull directly from people's bank accounts automate you know the back end stuff but the front end sale and there has to be you know a strong level of customer service. Yeah, yeah, and I remember just being in a small firm like that, it's makes it a lot easier because you can walk around the corner and talk to underwriting. Because part of the job exactly. in sales with that is you're selling the customer and you're also selling the underwriter underwriter. When you have a good dialogue with the customer, you can have a good better dialogue with the underwriter too to get an understanding of where they're coming from. For sure, right? And that just goes about you know, it's not just a, uh, a formula, and an AI, and it's automated, and you put all the information in the business, it spits out yes or no. There's only, you know, businesses have a story, right? And it's funny, I digress for a second, Tom. I remember when we first met, and you came into my office, and you said, started talking, I said, oh, you owned a, you know, a restaurant, a pizza place down in, in South Carolina. You said, yeah, I owned a pizza place down in South Carolina, and, um, I, uh, I used the Merchant Cash Advance to help out my business, and I loved it. It was great. It helped me out. It was it was it was awesome. And what did I say after that time? I said, "You're hired. You start tomorrow." <laughs> right? Because the best person to sell the product is somebody who's who understands it, like who knows it, who's used it and been successful. That's why Tom was lights out successful with us for five or six years because of that very point. He understood it. So you can't get that stuff with technology. Like you can't get that feel. You can't get that dialogue. From technology you have to have that you know boutique customer service but getting back to your point right you, you know you, you understand it so if you are talking to a pizza place and a merchant and you go back and talk to an underwriter and talk to them about it the underwriter has confidence in you and knows that you've been around you've been in the business and you're telling the story it makes a lot of sense so you're not walking away from business because you're not really delving in to understand the real story yeah I remember that day too, and I remember I walked out and looked at that tall building on Park Avenue South and being new to right. uh, New York City. I'm like, I'm gonna work in this building. This is great. And with the, <laughs> with the cash advance too in Hilton the uh, I mean, it was Candor Fist busy in the summer, but it was tumbleweeds in the winter. And so the merchant ca the, the cash advance worked perfect for us because it got us through that winter and back into the summer where it was very easy to pay off the the cash advance. So it's just a good way to get through lean times when there are no tourists down there. Right, so you, you hit the nail on that, right? So you understand that. And I'm sure you've used that example time and time again. But no bank is going to do that. A bank is just going to give you money for a year and say, okay, well, you know, they're going to say, well, if, you, if you're too seasonal, we don't, want to, we don't want to give you money. But if you're speaking to a merchant, they say, okay, I'm in Hilton Head, and this was my sales last year, and I'm busy from April through October, but I need some money just to, you know, pay the rent through the winter and keep the heat on so the pipes don't freeze and whatever the story is but you know and this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna renovate the parking lot over the over the winter and boom when the summer comes you're gonna pay it back 
That's exactly why this product exists, and exactly you know how companies like mine have been successful with. Yeah, it works. It works really well. And now, <laughs> with COVID nineteen, um, how how has it affected it? Does it work as well now, or is it a bit of a, a lull, or has it been the right time thing at the right time? How does it work through COVID nineteen? Yeah, I, I think it's a combination. I think you know a lot of uh, some of the larger companies. You know, again, this is part of the problem with being a larger company, and you don't have any real deal with your customers. Their their books. As we see, as the lingo in the, in, in the industry, their books of clients are going to be in peril. They're going to be in jeopardy because they're not able to work with them or to you know refinance them and, and things like that. But I have a very positive outlook. Again, being that I, I survived in the industry and, and thrived um, at American Merchant Capify through 2008, we saw that businesses are going to you know I said this earlier in the podcast. Businesses need money. Right, so the PPP are great, and they'll be able to get money to you know, sustain the, the payroll and keep things moving along. But once cities start reopening slowly and slowly, they're going to need money to put inventory in. They're going to need money to, um, you know, renovate to facet the business to protect and follow the guidelines. So I think COVID is going to create an opportunity. Every business now is going to need to buy the plexi shields, right? Or they're going to need to, you know, I went to my barber the other day because they finally reopened. He had to put up like shower curtains and, you know, all kinds of refacet the business so that he was maintaining social distancing. He had masks available. He had hand sanitizers in. And he hasn't been open for, for four months. So he doesn't have money flowing. So now back open, New York City is opening. People are getting haircuts. We give them, you know, give somebody like that a merchant cash advance. So that's a small example, but we, you know, we'll go up to five million dollars on, on on a loan, may not be for a you know, local barber, but the point being is now that things are reopening, I firmly believe that my industry is going to get a significant bump, you know, really through through 2020, and then and then 2021 we're going to see another uh, boom boom period for sure. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about my company too, the surge, where people have been in their houses, you know, locked up for four months and not spending nearly as much as they used to. And they just have a huge need and desire to get out there, whether it's to get their hair done, to go shopping, to do whatever. And that we're going to see a big surge once, you know, it settles down and people are more comfortable going out and, and shopping. No, agreed. And I think that even traditional forms of financing, your banks or even your government SBA loans, I think those are going to those are going to dwindle as well, right? The banks haven't really, because of all the the, the uh, support that the Fed has given us, and we live in an amazing country, but Fed supporting us, slowly the banks are going to you know see defaults on commercial and residential loans, and the banks are going to you know have to cut back somewhere, and they'll probably cut back on, on giving loans to small to mid-sized businesses. So. Businesses are going to need, you know, loans from GRP, from MCAs, and the government, right? They don't have sales tax. People aren't out there, you know, spending using sales tax. Income taxes are down. Sales taxes are down. So maybe the SBA, after the Fed has supported them, the SBA may not have, you know, enough available funds to, to, to finance businesses either. So maybe get from somewhere. So companies like mine are going to be in really the catbird seat in order to um, get money out there. So we're excited. Yeah, and help them out. Um, and this kind of tags along with it, but um, beyond COVID-19, where do you see this industry going in the next five, five, ten years? Where, where, where is it headed towards? No, that's a good question. I think that, you know, like I've said this numerous times during our, our podcast, 
Small businesses always need money. I think that the product will stick around. It may get a little more conservative um, you know, from some of the underwriting, obviously. Uh, it may take more factors into it. You know, now that the COVID is there, they may take a look at that in the underwriting. Um, you know, they'll probably do a more diligent underwriting than they had in the past, which is fine. I think that'll change in five years. But I think there'll also be a lot of consolidation in the space. A lot of the bigger companies have had a challenge during the, the COVID. And I think, you know, some of the mid-sized players, like my company and the smaller players, I think there'll be some consolidation to really put, you know, like minds together and really team up with, you know, experienced guys and some less experienced uh, groups to get them together to, to, to really grow and continue to, to, to make the merchant cash advance and, and, the, and the work capital loan a really viable product. So again, five years, the product is going to grow, but I think there'll be consolidation. Yeah, so it's a bright future with the industry. For sure. Very cool, very cool. All right, last question, one that has nothing to do with small business. You're in New York City, uh-huh. talk about that a bit. Where would you say the best place to eat is and the best place to drink is? Okay, and I think you, you set me up for this question because you know when we used to work together, my favorite place always was Brother Jimmy, right? We work on a tall building off our chat. I knew you set me up, Tom. Um, I, Brother Jimmy's was, was my spot. We, the, our office is on 32nd and Park Avenue South in Manhattan, if you know the, the geography here. And around the corner, it was on 31st and Lex. So it's, it's funny because I, I live in Manhattan. I've lived in New York my whole life. But for some reason, I love country music. I, I don't know how it started. I don't know where I got it from, but I love country music. And in Manhattan, a lot of the places are very, you know, bougie and she-she. And you got to get dressed up and you got to wait in line. And, you gotta, and that's just it was not particularly my thing. So Brother Jimmy, you can roll up in T-shirt, the baseball hat, right? And Tom and the gang and I would go in and have beers and hang out and have wings and stuff. So, you know, the staff was friendly. They'd play country, play country music. So to me, that was like where you could go. It was like cheers, the norm, right? You could let your hair down. Everybody knows your name. Literally, yeah, that was the kind of spot where you'd go there. But it's funny because as of recently, Brother Jimmy, even during COVID and stuff, Brother Jimmy says, I haven't really been there much because my office isn't over there. You know, I, 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 now at Springfield Mass. Um, I really got to say, and I've known them for a long time, the Tau Group guys, they really, really do a dynamite job. Um, so you're familiar with their, lo- with their locations. It's Tau, it's Lavo, um, the, the, a bunch of those places they have. They're just awesome. They have a consistent product. I mean, the food at Lavo, every time you go, you know, I go there a lot for business or, or, or social stuff. You go Every time you go there, the food comes out fast. It's consistent. It's, it's great. And they have, you know, their, their social establishments too, right? So they, they do have like bottle service and, and bars and drinking. But I think that those guys, you know, the fact that they put out such a consistent product, that to me, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a little bit different experience. Then, um, then, then Brother Jimmy's, but I think it's still that same familiarity. You know, they put out a, a great product, and uh, and you know, if you, if you feel like putting on a shirt and you know, taking a shower and not wearing a hat, then I go to you know, I go to Tau Group places, especially Lava. That's awesome. That's cool. I remember the the company yeah. happy hours. I miss those. Those were a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, those were fun. Those were fun. <laughs> All right. So tell everybody where they can find you. GRP funding. Yeah, it's uh, grpfunding.com is the company, and you can find me on LinkedIn, Andrew L. Schuler. My name is so it's A-L-T-S-C-H-U-L-E-R, and I am on uh, LinkedIn. 
you find me there. And GRP Funding is the company. We're out of Springfield, Massachusetts, right in Tom's home state. That's awesome. Great. Andrew, thank you very much for coming. I really appreciate it. Always, man. Great, great uh, putting the team back together. Thanks for listening to 5 Plus 1, a small business podcast. Please give us a like or a review if you liked this episode. The music was done by Brooke Shabbat. If you need help with your small business when it comes to automation software, digital marketing, and getting paid or just have a question, you can reach him at TomShabbat.com. Thank you.